All right, and clap, sync, three, two, one. <laughs> Wonderful. And we're off. This is very exciting, you guys. I am very excited for this, um, so much so that I nervously walked for an hour before this, but don't worry. Oh I'm man, fine. I did some yoga. I did some yoga to prepare. I was like, Ooh. we got we got to mentally prepare for this shit because we are in for a ride. Exactly. A I did some dishes. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> we That's love a good productive yoga. moment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's all just share our productive moments. Um, okay. Uh, that being said, okay, what the fuck is this is actually a good question we should start answering because this is a game of the year podcast, but it almost maybe should end a series of podcasts for that matter. But it almost maybe shouldn't even be called game of the year. Maybe it's podcast of the year or this something is because mm. tyranny of thumbs colon game of the year <laughs> yeah this is our shit yeah. okay mm -hmm. this yeah. ain't like that other shit this you find on the internet podcast of the year right here exactly <laughs> <laughs> january 2nd best podcast of the year exactly. <laughs> exactly starting 2021 off strong this is it so what do we do we actually go through the list of podcast games we played this year and then we pit them against each other and it's true they did not come out in the same year and we don't give a fuck <laughs> and so we did okay introduce one category that sort of resembles like recensing and stuff like the things you might see on the internet but no this is actually just a weird fucking thing where we make just games that make like the, literally some of the best games ever made just fight um yeah they fight to the death that's what this is it yeah. is the gauntlet of game mm -hmm. of the year podcast so yeah exactly so i think i'm gonna go through the games list that are eligible this year uh in chronological order uh except that i separated okay, wait, i feel stuff. like we should clarify oh. that the, this game of the year experience includes yeah. more than just one category that would be best game of the year. True. This includes multiple categories that allow all games to shine. Yeah, true. Including the bad ones. Um, and so <laughs> this list of games that McCoy's about to read is a list of games that, that the Tyranny of Thumbs podcast managed to make it through this year of 2020. <laughs> Sounds so bad. <laughs> that they played this year. Yeah. And these games will be competing in a number of different categories to come out with honors. Yeah, and actually I'll list the the category names like right now. We'll get into details about them when we actually find them, you know, when we get there. But I'll just quickly say there's best narrative experience, there's best collective experience, best multiplayer game, best game we're still playing, uh best visuals, and let's see, best actually recent game. Yeah, that's the one I was talking about. The one that like is actually sort of resembling the other game of year stuff. Um, biggest surprise, biggest disappointment, and best game. Okay. And so what is eligible this year? Uh, I will tell you. Such games as Firewatch. Wow. Started off strong. Okay, I'm not going to comment on all these games, but holy shit, that's a strong. That's what I'm talking about, you guys. The banger right there. Oh my God. Coming all out right. hot. Also, every yeah. time he mentions that, he's like, Man, we started this year off strong. Well, yeah, because the next one is Return of the Oprah Din. Oh. Woo! Yeah. And then a huge dip with Undertale. No, I'm just kidding. Okay, okay, okay. Oh, I'm hey. sorry. All right, well, no, 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 I'm sorry, I'm sorry. We're already getting into the commentary I'm sorry. section. Okay. Okay. Uh, Stardew Valley, The Council, Gora Goa, Detroit Become Human, Hades, Early Access, and I guess 1.0 release, fuck it, um, World I'm War Z. That. Gears 5, specifically the Horde mode. And if I hear even one comment about another mode, I'm just, I'm taking off the podcast. Okay. Um, <laughs> Downfall, Year Walk, all three Mass Effects, Golf with Your Friends, which was clearly Ooh. like, a, oh my God, we just did all three Mass Effects. We need to chill. Um, <laughs> Ori and the Blind Forest, Lorelei, Into the Breach, Faster Than Light, 
Darkest Dungeon, Slay the Spire, Call of Duty Modern Warfare, again, campaign specifically, um, What Remains of Edith Finch, wow, The Vanishing of Ethan Carter, Phasmophobia, Observation, Hades 1.0, Fall. oh, so it is on there, and we rated it separately? Mm -hmm. That's crazy mm -hmm. and awesome. Um, Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice, Among Us, Mirror's Edge, Life is Strange, Super Hot, and Cyberpunk 2077. So those are the main games. And we also did some side quest games that are going to be sprinkled in there, but not necessarily everyone on the podcast played all those games. So the case that's going to have to be made for them to get very far is going to have to be quite substantial. Anyways, that's Call of Duty Warzone, another mode that you're like allowed to talk about in isolation exactly. Animal Crossing, Valorant, uh, the closed beta, but sure, why not? Um, Last of Us, oh God. Last of Us Part 2. Yeah, okay, both <laughs> Last of Us, sure, why not? And Dark Souls. Wow. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you, Zoe. Woo! I think um, I worked hard on these fun facts, so I'm going to go ahead and read them now. Total oh. games played this year, not including Cyberpunk, because we have not finished that game. Okay. 32. Disgusting. I think a strong showing. Yeah. Total weeks yeah. spent playing the Mass Effect series, nine. Yeah. Three it was game. only nine. It was only, oh yeah, I guess it was three three weeks. Wow. And we're gonna fucking do it again when the remaster comes out. <laughs> Hell I yeah! Know. Hell. I know. I absolutely hundred percent believe that we're not gonna do that. Um. Okay. So <laughs> that's what we're up to, and I think we're just literally going to start the fanfare here because I mean, guys, there's a lot of categories here, and I think we all are just chomping at the bit to get into it. So I'll toss exactly. to Zoe here for the next section. And it's coming in hot with best narrative experience. So. This year, for Best Narrative Experience, we have limited this to games that tell a great story. You know, games with a beginning, middle, end, or just have just a compelling enough story elements within it that just really deserves this award for Best Narrative Experience. So, contenders for Best Narrative Experience this year are Firewatch, The Council, Detroit Become Human, Undertale, Mass Effect 1, 2, and 3, Separately, though, you can't rate them together as a series. You've got to mm. rate the narrative separately. Yeah, they I must, like that. They must fight to the death. I agree. One has Agreed. to come out I was top. about to say that. I need to see Mass Effects kill other Mass Effects or else I'm not <laughs> happy here. But okay. All right. Return of the Oberdin, Hades, Downfall, Year Walk, Ori in the Blind Forest, Lorelei, Call of Duty Modern Warfare, What Remains of Edith Finch, The Vanishing of Ethan Carter, Observation, Hellblade, Son of a Sacrifice, Mirror's Edge, Life is Strange, Cyberpunk 2077, Superhot, Goragoa, Darkest Dungeon, The Last of Us, and The Last of Us Part 2. Jesus. I just want to say right now that we, McCoy and I just went for a walk, and McCoy was like, you know, I'm just worried that we're not really going to have any difficult decisions this year. I didn't say it like <laughs> you that. You did say it like okay. that. Okay. And I think that looking at this best narrative experience right off the bat, McCoy is wrong. Well, this is a <laughs> banger for sure. And I think it's really obvious that we need to just take some off this list that don't exactly. deserve to so be here. Usually how we like to do this is that we just like to just cold cut right out the gate with games that were just like, yes, they were probably great, but you know what? Compared to these other games, holy mm -hmm. shit, they don't stand a chance. So for me, I'm just going to come right out. I think something like Super Hot, narratively, I want to take that off the list right now. Okay, so I can accept that, but I strongly believe in a way that means no sense uh, that there are games that should come off before that, because I would say for Super Hot, and I'm down to cut it, because it's nowhere near number one. 
um, it has a really interesting narrative experience. And I think if you take it back to the title uh, of this category, it's not a story exactly, but the world around it that gets built through the narrative experience of playing it is, is interesting, light and interesting. Um, it sounds like you know, Raphael's not here. He maybe got into the sort of terminal stuff a little bit more than the rest of us. I agree. I would like to instead motion that we do a double cut where we take Mirror's Edge out with it because that has a traditional <laughs> story and it's trash. Is that agreed. Fair? Agreed. Okay. Yep. Okay. First yeah. okay. So we Real quick, both I was going to ask. So okay. I wasn't there for the super hot episode um, and I've seen the game played and all that. I wasn't even aware there was a story. Yeah. Yeah, that's so, kind of why Zoe wants to cut it immediately. <laughs> Fair enough. So there is. I think the key, the key word that McCoy said was light. It's a light story, a light sprinkling of a story within a game. But when I think of a game that is best narrative experience, I want the meat and potatoes. I want it to just tell such an enriching experience. My mind is blown. Okay. Got it. And we'll get rid of the Last hot. of Us games as well. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just, 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 yeah, easy. <laughs> but I think we should keep Darkest Dungeon. <laughs> yes. Um, so, okay. So I just want to say with Super Hot, like, I totally get cutting it here. Um, but like McCoy, I just want to stress that, like, the way that the story is told in that game is really cool. Yeah. Um, and that's why we wanted to put it on the list just in general, because, like, I don't think a lot of people would consider this game for as as a narrative experience. Just because that's not like the the thing that's front and center about the game, but it really, I mean, I I mean, I, it blew me away the fact that there was um, the story that was there and that it <clears throat> it mixed with the gameplay mechanics so well, and it's a game that's like just about the one gameplay mechanic mm-hmm. where when you move time moves and when you don't move time basically doesn't yeah it feels Um, like a game that has a lot of elements that really actually work well together to propel themselves further like if it didn't have the graphical style that it had and didn't have the narrative elements sprinkled around it it seems really bare and yet it kind of wasn't um is that sort of what you're gonna add james yeah right yeah it's not it's not like it's not really a light story it's just that it's not like the point of the game uh and on that note should we cut Gorogoa? oh i was that's a that beautiful game mm-hmm. yeah i mean it's a fun Gorogoa puzzle is great game. for the puzzles yeah and there is a it story does there. have a story and it does have emotional beats to it but ultimately the story is like find some fruit yeah, I don't think <laughs> Gora Go. Uh, Sometimes life just be like that, though, you know. Yeah, I, <laughs> yeah, I, fair. Yeah, yeah, yep, yeah. yep. I, I have a feeling we'll see perhaps special visuals or something. It'll come back. I think this game has had essentially a negative, lasting impact on me. I don't remember that thing at all, and so I cannot see it getting far in any category. That's just my personal mm-hmm. opinion, and that, but that does not necessarily strike at the game. I enjoyed it when I played it, but boy, this is a hard fucking list. So that thing. Well, let's see what you rated out. it on the list here. Yeah, two th- gold star. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I gave it a I can't even one find it. thumb up. It's a single thumb there it up. One thumb up. Oof. There you go. Oof. Oof. Big hit. All right. It is gone from the official list. <laughs> Any other free ones here? There's got to be. I think Ori in the Blind yeah. Forest. I agree with that. I 
would cut a lot of games before that. But oh, let's hear some. All right, here I'll 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 do my choice right now. Okay, this is a game that I brought to the table, but we can cut Call of Duty. Okay, Ooh. but do you want to give it a shout out right. for having a much better I mean, story yeah, than Call here, of Duty? I will say, in a vacuum of I'm going to say FPSs, and especially in Call of Duties, it's a fantastic campaign and uh, story to tell. But I think when you compare it to like the stack of all of these heavy hitters, yeah, it's a yeah. game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, it's, no, I, I mean, I, I agree. Like I, like we, we play this as a group playthrough, and honestly, like I was, I was compelled to like watch it as McCoy was playing and blowing himself up with landmines. <laughs> um, but no, I, I thought the, I thought the story beats were really good in that game. Like I, I definitely have to give it credit for that because usually when I think about call of duty games, I don't really think of all that great storytelling, but this game kind of slightly changed my perspective on that. Yeah, they definitely outdid themselves in their realm. But I mean, like, yeah, when you compare it to like The Last of Us games or like Mass Effect or something, it's like it falls a little short compared to like those, you know, those giants. It's an action movie. Yeah, Action movies are cool, but they're not like... Only yeah, story, it's kind of really. like the Avengers of video games. Of like, oh, I'm gonna get hate mail. Feel free to write <laughs> oh, in at turnyourthumbs at gmail.com. <laughs> but I, I feel like those those movies are like good to like watch once. And you're like, okay, that was like a yeah. fun experience. And I thought the same thing with like Call of Duty: Modern Warfare campaign, which I was forced to be there with um, for. Reasonable. It was like. And didn't you reasonable... love seeing your boyfriend commit war crimes? Boy, <laughs> highlight of my year, 2020. Yeah. You know, a lot of great things happened, but that was definitely one of them. Yeah, followed immediately by me trying to rhythmically cut wires and it was interesting. <laughs> 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 yeah, when we learned that McCoy that has was no hilarious. rhythm. True, true, James, yeah. James, was there one that you wanted to cut? Uh, cut at least one, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, sure. Like, I mean, before Oberdin, I think that Oberdin's story is much, I mean, Narrative. Wow. Well, wait, 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 I just hate the story of James about to be kicked off the podcast. Oh, like, oh. yeah, no, you know what? Like, I, those so that, those were going to be the next two that I that I axe. Lorelai's story was Lorelai's story was chaos, and I also think that was due to the fact that we were all just raging drunk when we played. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. It has some of but the it best doesn't get better when you're moments. watching it on YouTube. <laughs> Which, by the way, their play their playthrough oh, is up on YouTube. It's pretty entertaining. I was in quarantine in the other room during but that. It's and not it was good. Good. <laughs> Look, I think I, I, I think ultimately, I maybe regret. I don't regret being that drunk. Only in this moment do I, because I feel like I should have fought more for this story. But do I really remember it in great detail? It's <laughs> a good question. Um, the thing about our Mikulski games, it's all about just the the WTF moments. But like when you actually condense it down to a narrative, you're like, a guy was trying to find his wife, and he just screamed, 
where the fuck is my wife? 25 times. Yeah. Jason. Oh, so that's a different game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's not that my far. Wife. Well, but what about the part? There was a really great story moment where um, the stepdad is asking about um, why there's vibration noises in, from, oh, from the teenage yeah, okay, right. We're axing it. We're axing it. I'm what? deleting it off this list. Look, just oh, I will that. say special shout out to Anime Guy from that game. I need Mikulski. I know you're listening to this. I assume that you are. I apologize that we're getting rid of your game so quick. Quickly, although I think you can agree it does not hang on this list. Um, I need for you to make your next trilogy about anime man. Dream traveler. I don't remember what his name is. <laughs> J- Jimmy the Traveler. <laughs> Jimmy the Traveler. He is a star. He will make you millions. He's yeah. the greatest video game character I've ever seen, and I'm invested in him. Okay. Well, <laughs> I, I'm, I guess I'm okay with this because I don't think I'm going to – I think there's so many more games you could cut before those on this list. But I'm okay with that. However, I do want to maybe, again, look at maybe like Darkest Dungeon. Is there a story here? Yeah. That, yeah. Darkest Dungeons I play for the gameplay. Agreed. Not because yeah, I'm right. invested in the story. So there is, like a, there is a narrative experience, which is why it's on the list. Right. And I think there's an element when you play games like Darkest Dungeon of you creating your own story as you go with it because you have these characters who you bring along with you. And so you're kind of, I don't yeah. know if that counts as a narrative experience in the same way as the other games. But like as I was playing, you know, I had like my A squad, right? And like they all had, you know, this guy always gets scared. Or like this guy's always stealing shit. And you kind of create your own narrative as you walk through the game. And I think that that's a really cool element of it but i don't know that i would call that a narrative experience um in the same way that like last of us 2 is yeah and then did we cut ori in the blind forest as well that was what changes. i don't know if we'd officially cut it yet well let me do it i mean um, like i, just wanted to let it have I don't think moment. it deserves to win <clears throat> yeah so i'm okay with cutting it like I that's where we are right now right? condensed ori in the blind forest story was like it was it was a very perfect like I don't know, tie it up and put a bow on it sort of story. It never felt drawn out. It felt perfectly contained. Mm-hmm. Just like super game. hot. And like, <laughs> it makes you feel things, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a very true, sweet, true, 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 true. sweet and lovely story. Yeah. True. Yeah. Okay. So let's I was going to say. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, go. Year walk. Ah, uh, interesting. Wait, 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 wait. Did oh. we actually cut Downfall, Lorelei, Ori, and Darkest? Yeah, wait, we're, yes, we're moving yes, to the, yes, is the official yes, note taker. Yes. I need some time to clarify something. I just got rid of Ori. Are we? I know we got rid of Lorelai. Are we also officially cutting Downfall? And does yeah. anyone want to yes. say any parting yeah. words to that game before it is deleted? I I no, actually I really it. love them for exclusively their story. Um, it helps wrap the <laughs> what the fuck moments in there. I I I don't. People like say things like this story needs to have, and then they list off things that they believe a good story should have. Like it should have things that signal like i've heard this argument before like it should signal what's gonna happen but you should shouldn't know but then you should look back and go oh there were signs like fuck all that i don't believe in that shit at all i just enjoyed the fuck out of this game for its story um it does have mm-hmm. a ridiculous story that i think they do capture your attention because you do not know what's going to happen and it may or may not make sense yeah i don't know if it i don't think it's gonna hang with best narrative no 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 i'm okay with cutting it i go into these games with little to no expectation and it pays off just in the sense that it gives me that brilliant (laughs) what the fuck moment and yeah it's it mccoy explained it perfectly i just leave going like i don't think like know what this game could have done that would have been better besides maybe like puzzles could have been a little bit less 
WTFE, but that's a puzzle element, not a narrative element. But like, yeah. I never have any more expectations for the story than what that those games give me. And you yeah. know what? Sometimes simplicity is best. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. Like you don't sit there and go like, I need a Hollywood fucking writer to get a hold of this script to fucking make it something. You're like, no, it is what it is. And I'm actually so happy there is no Hollywood writer attached to this bad boy. Because um, <laughs> fuck that noise. All right. So, yeah, I think we cut all those things. So, Year Walk. Okay. This is one of those that, like, it's it's actually, to me, in the same vein as maybe Super Hot and maybe even, like, oh, God, what else was on here? I don't know. Like, maybe Gorogoa or something where it's, like, this is a narrative experience, but it's not necessarily exactly a narrative. Of course, there are narratives in it. But it might be the best of all those categories, and I think it might hang a little further here. Because right now, would you we're say like, that Hades is in that category as well? I think it kind yes. of is. There, like, yes. there's definitely more narrative. Yeah, there's more story in Hades. And let me just point out that, like, like all of their games, um, I'm blanking on the name of the dev. Super giant. Super giant. Uh, yeah. yeah. The way that they tell stories is just absolutely incredible. Right. Um, Are you making yeah. a case for but cutting Hades? Because I would support that. Oh, case. I, I, no, I want <laughs> Hades to stay in a little bit longer. But here's why: okay. Hades, it, it has an underlying story with the mechanics to the game. But I think what makes Hades narrative storytelling so brilliant is the is how each decision that you make in that game slightly twists the dialogue that comes back to you like you interact mm -hmm. with chaos and then you go to a boss and they go like mm, you you have chaos you have the smell of chaos all over you were you talking to him and i think that kind of like i don't know that read that tweaks the dialogue i honestly it makes us for such an enjoyable experience i want to keep it on a little bit longer because of the way the, like the the flexibility of that narrative that really makes it feel like the decisions you're making is actually influencing the story. Yeah, mm. and that's like fair. This is just one of those weird ones where it has a lot less narrative than a lot of these other things, and a lot, and that has been reason for cutting a lot of things. So I think that will eventually be the reason for cutting this one too. But fair. Why don't we cut some bad stories that just there are stories, but they're bad, right? Surely life there's a strange. couple of those on here, right? I heard James went life, out. Life is strange, yeah. <laughs> oh man, I fucking love Life is Strange. Well, yeah, but the story it. sucks so bad. No. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, but see, sucks is an interesting context here because sucks from an academic standpoint, perhaps, but sucks from a did I extract value from this story? That's totally different uh, equation. Or are you secretly and a fourteen-year-old girl? I want to be. That would be awesome. <laughs> Did you see this game? As someone who was previously a 14-year-old girl, you do not want that. Um, it seems so drama -filled. I don't know, though, but in, like, in a category that is literally titled Best Narrative Experience, and it's the tagline is games that tell a, quote, great story. Yeah, see, I, I don't I, know I, that we can say Life is Strange tells a great... Huh? I don't know, now that I'm saying it. It doesn't... Yeah. It tells no, a story. No, it's not great. It's, it's... Yeah, it is certainly a story. But see, this is the, but what I'm saying. This is written. the academic thing. It did. And it doesn't make any sense. Okay, but it did make me want more. Like, I think one thing that I think of when I'm thinking about, like, a great narrative story game is a game that, like, I, especially because I, I don't usually play these games. I'm usually sitting there watching them, 
like as a viewer. So I, the gameplay doesn't interest me um, unless it's really bad and McCoy really struggles and then it detracts. But for Life is Strange, like I was excited to sit down for every play session and like see where that thing was going to go. Did I think the story hung together super well at the end? Maybe not. Like were there some questionable story decisions? Definitely. But it did intrigue me to the point where I always was interested in finding out what was going to happen next. And I think that is a factor in a good story. It might not be the only one. Yeah. Yeah. I I just want to keep underlying, like, I don't think I'm here, at least. Everybody else can be and you can outvote me or weigh me or whatever. But I'm not here to be like, this is the academic best story, personally. I'm here to be like, what's the story that... Look, I, I okay, academic value is one of the many things that I rate a story on, right? And like we might get to a game a couple games later that have really high academic value of their story, right? And I'm not sure I enjoyed them either, right? And that's a really interesting discussion, but that's one side of what makes a good story. Because I also like really um simple lovely stories that I could lull myself off to bed with right like I love I, I love telling stories around a campfire and if someone's gonna sit there and go well that's not a good story because it was told around a campfire fuck that no it, it is a good story like it's a means to an end and so in that case I think Life is Strange's end uh was better I think than than some of these other ones here like Undertale like Undertale, like going? Detroit, like Life I is Strange was... and Detroit are very similar to me in what I want out of them. And Life is Strange, I think, delivered harder. That's my read on it. But I'm curious if, if I'm just remembering it poorly. But that's kind of what I'm thinking on that. Detroit become human. Hmm. I agree I'm, with McCoy. I'm, ag- <laughs> I'm, I'm agreeing with cutting it. Mm-hmm. I think Detroit... It told a good story, but I think when I, like, that story is never really all that memorable to me because it plays off of so many other story tropes that are done in so many other games. Like, they Mm. they put a twist on it with, like, the whole android versus human philosophical question. But then, you know, when it comes down to, like, there's so many other, like, just story elements that just seem very cliché that happen yeah. uh in that yeah i mean i would i would consider life is strange as one giant cliche though <laughs> yeah, well, I, I'm, yeah the thing is Reasonable. that that's why i want to i want to ask both of them yeah i'm for that like, as well i think yeah, detroit was a better story than life is strange hands down but i don't think it can really stand toe-to-toe with the rest of these options yeah yeah, I, I actually think like okay, let's do a shootout right now. Let's shoot out. Oh, I'm really gonna. I, I feel like I have to put this last one here, but let's let's shoot out Detroit with Life is Strange, and I think the council. Oh, I was gonna bring it up too. Yeah. I yep. I think mm-hmm. the council has to be removed from this list. Okay, it, but so- why? I enjoyed the dumpster fire that was the council Me too, more than either of the other games. Right. I think the council is the reason why Detroit and Life is Strange can't exist here anymore. That's what I think. <laughs> you want to ask why it's going to get cut? It's because 
out of the four of us, you were the only one who rated it one thumbs up. Okay, but I, I, I was not on that podcast for reasons that I don't understand why I didn't come. But the point is, I would give the council a fucking gold giant star. gold star. Yeah. That game, but I think that that game has other categories that it would shine in and that it does not hang in a category called best narrative experience. Oh, I forgot. Yeah. Brandon gave it a mess, so there's that. <laughs> <laughs> no, so yeah, that that's the thing. Like, the Council was gold for elements other than its narrative. Like, it, uh-huh. it was gold for, like, no, things despite no. the narrative. No, 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 <laughs> the no, amount no, no, of no. dumpster fire the narrative is. We were actually, so we were trying to explain this game to my sister the other night, and we were just like, the way you have to explain it really highlights where the story goes off the rails. Yeah. And how incredible the first act is in terms of narrative. You're like, there's so much intrigue and George Washington is there and you're so excited to find out what's going to happen. And then it just veers off the fucking, it just goes places that make no sense, have no support in the previous narrative and should not be there, but But, but is amazing. Let's hear me out on this though. When we were describing this to your sister, right? We described it and we were laughing and we were smiling because we thought of all the enjoyment we got out of it. And then she said, oh, that sounds bad. And we had to then do some weird maneuvers. Like, actually, you'd probably enjoy it if you like trash. And, like, that's what I'm saying here. Mm-hmm. Like, I enjoyed it because I love trash. Well, right. But, but it, I don't, I don't, I think it wins in other categories. Like what? Yeah. And I would say, it agrees in, but like, best collective experience. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would say, let me, let me put it this way, McCoy. Would you have enjoyed the story as much if you had played it alone? So I did play it alone, and it was fucking rad. <laughs> At least the first episode. Right. But the yeah. first episode was a little Somebody kicked me off the podcast. He clearly so has trash takes. Get him out of here. <laughs> the but, Council reminds me of a movie that I watched years ago in theaters called Ninja Assassin. God. Starring okay. Rain the K-pop star as okay. a ninja assassin. Which, I mean, like, ninjas are assassins right like so the fact that it's called that is just insane allegedly um (laughs) if you could ever find one bro (laughs) okay sorry (laughs) the movie is so bad but it's also so enjoyable um and it's just like you just have to smile and watch it and be like that's the dumbest shit i've ever seen um and I feel like that's the council, you know, like there's a lot of enjoyment that comes out of that experience. Uh, but it is the dumbest shit you've ever seen. But it seen. doesn't win an Oscar and it shouldn't win But is this an narrative. Oscar? Okay. I, I think I'm hearing <laughs> yeah. the group saying this is an Oscar. I'm just willing to say that I think it's you should look at this and say what would happen if I took the council and I removed its story? Would I still get the value out of this game? And the answer is very much no. So the story is a key component, key driving factor to your enjoyment level. Now – you may not think it deserves an Oscar, and you may not think it gets farther on this list. Fine. But I do think it's raspberry. really important. What? <laughs> you get a raspberry. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I feel like we're now arguing past each other. I think that the council gets cut eventually, but first we should cut Detroit. Mm-hmm. And Detroit's Life gone. Life is Strange. And okay Life is Strange that. are gone. Okay yeah, we already did. Correct. I have cut them from the official list. I think council okay, to me is well, the I last didn't, I didn't know that because I'm not watching you cut things. <laughs> You should really get on that, James. Can we start talking about the three Mass Effects, though? Yeah. Yeah. Should we? A little bit. Sure. I want to see one come out of this. Here's here's my thing. What about Undertale? When I look at Mass Effect 1, 2, and 3, I think 
as a story, <laughs> beginning, middle, end, the one that compels me the most to keep it on this list and I can do away with the other two and be fine with it, I want to keep Mass Effect 2 out of these oh, three. I thought you were going to say one and I was about to throw hands. <laughs> oh, I would actually, I would totally say one. I would totally say one personally. All right, McCoy, we're throwing uh, hands. <laughs> because, okay, so one doesn't maybe have the tra- traditional story elements, maybe like, because you, maybe you don't like the whatever siren thing but like uh the world building like when i was talking to npcs and learning about those races and learning about how they all uh interchange like inter- interact like that to me is like an incredible narrative experience like the first time that i played mass effect one when i was in high school i was like oh my god they kind of just made a star wars but it's like different that's really True. impressive to me uh, so i'm curious mccoy to you yeah. For narrative, are you talking like the whole world building or would you classify the narrative more as like the more direct story that is trying to tell? So that's, yeah, to me, I like the world being in as a part of it. I think mm. it's a really important backdrop for the story. Like to me, you, you, you can't escape from all the foundational work that Mass Effect 1 did to build that entire series. They of got course. to just go run and tell stories off of the great world building that they did in that game. And that to me, I think is at least like really impressive. Um, I can understand. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, so like, I, I, I agree with you. Like Mass Effect's world building is amazing. And I did appreciate that in one. I think though, why I'd rank two over one, even in terms of that world building experience is because Mass Effect 2 takes all of those building blocks from one and then just like creates like even more out of it like you get to go to tuchanka you get to see the uh you know art at yakshi uh like all of these like things that are just merely set in conversation and mass effect one you get to kind of see more fleshed out or in action in two and uh which is why I just really enjoyed too, was because now instead of the game telling me about these races, you actually got to see some of these races, not all of them, but you got to like see, you know, different worlds and, you know, how they interact with each other in a more fleshed out way. Yeah. Yeah. And then you got to see a different version of the council or the, the, the Citadel, and, <laughs> but like in the weird. And potentially the council. And potentially the council. <laughs> actually, that's true. That's true. No, that's that's true. And like also, so okay, I ask you this. How do you feel Mass Effect 2 did on executing on the dream of taking your decisions from the first game into the second game? How do you guys feel about that portion? Because I think that's I a think huge did, part of the sell there. I think it did it the best out of all of them. I mean, obviously, for one, you can't count that because you don't have right. decisions going in. Mm-hmm. But compared to like three where... Unfortunately, I mean, a lot of them in 3 paid off, but also a bunch of them, the big ones, like the very end of Mass Effect 2 when you choose to save or destroy the collector base, yeah, they build it up to be like this huge choice is going to matter, and then in 3, it really doesn't. Right. So mm-hmm. right. I think that out of the two of them, 2 and 3, 2 does it much better. How about characters? You guys think the people that were in your crew are better in two than they were in one? Just curious. I you know? like I said, it's it's the more fleshed out way. I mean, like Garrus became my bay in Mass Effect Two, so I'm a little biased Preach, here. Sister. But, <laughs> but like, I don't know. Like it, it was cool, like reconnecting with characters and fleshing out your relationship with them a little bit more. Um, you know, 
Rex was alive in my playthrough, unlike McCoy. So McCoy okay. has like a little bit okay. of a different experience. But like, I don't know, seeing Rex in a different environment, like, I don't, I don't know. Like, two just felt like more camaraderie. And honestly, like, I love the ending of two so much better. Like, the whole idea mm. of invading a collector base seemed a little bit more, um, a little bit more like stakes were all out there. Yeah. And here's, here's why. Like, three, the thing is, like, I knew after three, the game was over, over. So it was like, no matter what happens, like, you either succeed or you die. The collector base was a little bit more of that. I, I felt more like panic going into two's final mission about keeping my characters alive only because I knew that they could or could not carry into three. Mm-hmm. So it made that final assault really like my, my my heart was beating in my chest sort of thing. And I love that kind of narrative where you know it's going to affect something in the future. Yeah. Yeah, I was and gonna say, like I three think... didn't really have that because I knew it would be over after. Right. Yeah, I agree. I was gonna. I was thinking while you guys were talking about this that like, I was thinking of aspects of three that maybe Mass Effect three would be my preferred to keep on this list. But in regards to like storytelling, I think three had some more emotional moments, like some more highs and lows. But I think, like, if you cut the story segments from like, you know, you keep Mass Effect 1 and 1, keep Mass Effect 2 and 2, and keep Mass Effect 3 and 3, segment them. I think the overall like roller coaster of 2 story was better, where it's like, you know, you kick off the game immediately with like the whole like, you die. Right. Mm -hmm. You come back, and you go through all of that to then Oh, and there's like the whole elusive man storyline. Yeah. Yeah, I... Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then you attack, like, it all culminates with you going to take the fight to the collectors. What about that ninja guy, though? (laughs) We don't talk about him. Yeah, no one liked him, but... (laughs) So, I've been kind of silent because I was the one that, like, didn't love the storytelling in pretty much all of Mass Effect, but I like the storytelling in Mass Effect 2 for the most part the least with a couple of side missions that I thought were some of the best storytelling in the whole series. Um, but for like for me, I really didn't enjoy the like you die at the start of Mass Effect 2 thing. Um, I didn't enjoy the way it ended. Uh, that frustrated me. Well, all of your characters um, did die. We do <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but F's the way the I that didn't bother me at all. It didn't bother me that a bunch of characters died. What bothered me was the way that they died. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. 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 We, we had the a whole discussion that, about this. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But like just to quickly rehash it, it felt like it changed into an entirely different game um, without any like understanding or expectation that that was going to happen um and then it just like started offing your characters for no reason yeah um and like the only way to know how it would affect the story is to have played it before um Mm -hmm. or like be safe so that's why i didn't like it very much this is like a classic Um, like this was back like a long time ago when people were like aggressively like trying to make the perfect save and like not that they don't do that now but like I mean, especially Mass yeah. Effect 1 teaches you because it's just hard crashes. Um, <laughs> but, like, you know, like, I think it sounds like 
people that were really excited about that end of that game and making sure that they had the right outcome were able to manipulate that system to their will whether or not that was fun or well designed probably not but like so okay i i I right but it's storytelling and and it it affected my experience but on the other hand some of those like side stories about your crew were incredibly well made and written and i think that the um the characters that it built uh, for the world were just pure incredible value added yeah. mm-hmm. um but so still i think, I think I fall on i don't know mass effect 3 just kind of happened to me <laughs> like <laughs> I, I don't know it it just happened yeah and but i, I think... barely remember any of the story beats um I feel like the ending scandal of Mass Effect 3 also potentially mm-hmm. hits it here. Like, when we're thinking about the best narrative experience, like, do you want to reward a game that originally, like, had this incredible culminating ending that turned out to be just, a like, a blatant color choice? And even in, like, the yeah. expanded version, maybe wasn't was say it. as effective it as people is. hoped. Yeah. yeah. It's like, so, like, I feel like that might just take it out of the They fixed it so it's not a travesty. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, like, is anyone bad. thrilled with the ending yeah. of Mass Effect Three? I feel like that alone may take it out of the running here. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I mean, which is to say, um, I, I, I might be on a Mass Effect One train. Whoa, shit. Well, okay. when this, let's definitely ask. Three. Yeah, let's ask three. I'm taking three out. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I just want to say, like, look, I think ultimately I'm willing to bow for this one. This is not my beloved series right I'm, I'm willing to go based on the guidance of people who love this thing i just wanted to hear cases that were different than mass effect 2 is a far better game than mass effect 1 therefore it's a better out of story 2 and i did hear those cases i think uh, i thought they were well made so and I'm, me, I'm willing to bow to that as well yeah and like there were things there were storytelling things in mass effect 2 that i thought were incredible so yeah yeah all right so are we down are we doing it Mass Effect yep, 2 lives. Someone else would have got it wrong. Anyways. Oh, hey, by the way, fun uh, fact, well, listeners. <laughs> oh, nice. Um, spoilers? <laughs> I was going to say spoilers. Oh. <laughs> oh, geez. So many spoilers, guys. Yeah. Uh, whoops. But, like, come on, man. Uh, at the same time, this is a Game of the Year podcast. There's going to be some spoilers out here. We're going to spoil right. literally, literally all everything. of these games. We're going to spoil everything yeah. that comes to our mind. And it's not just from this year, guys. Like, don't think that just because you it's it's from all the years. So all of the years. watch out. I was going to say, Mass Effect is also like eight years old by now. So, like, come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But after all the selling that we did of how good it is, like, maybe. You've seen the porn. Now play the game. <laughs> <laughs> um, Thank you, James. You started Are with we... Overwatch, and now you're here in Mass Effect. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Wait. Right. There's a are game. We, are we taking out Year Walk? I mean, I th- I think Year Ops Year Walk is a beautiful game. You know, I I think though, I I'm happy it made it this far, uh. But I am okay with maybe cutting Year Walk out of here. I think Year Walk tells a great story. Uh, I do like the kind of like meta aspect of like going through a scientific journal at the end, and like making it seem like it's like somewhat of a pseudo true story that was told i love the swedish folklore in it uh any any game that is based off of some like nordic folklore always has a special place in my heart uh 
But I think just I'm looking at the rest of these games. Maybe not the council, but like okay. <laughs> I'm looking at the rest of these games. You're not going to call it the Vanishing of Ethan Carter. All right. Well, Undertale. I, I, ooh, I have a I have I'm a soft you, spot in my heart for Vanishing of Ethan Carter, which I can get into. Actually, do we want to get into this now? I mean, what about the, the point is I'm ready to cut your walk now. I think we're good with cutting you. We should also just remember about your walk, especially for James. It did have jump scares. Yeah, (laughs) that is true. But like, I don't know. I, I was more okay with those jump scares than some other ones. My man. Yeah. I think, I mean, this is a, (laughs) the rest of this list has some firepower. I don't think your walk is going to make it through. Some of the rest of this is some firepower. I think we are going to all hold hands and cut your walk, Undertale, and Observation. Undertale, I'm yeah. okay. I, 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 I think Undertale got a lot of flack in our episodes for it being like internet cringe and everything. But I honestly will just want to shout it out that it is a great story about empathy and friendship that a lot of games just don't really have. I think it's cute and adorable, but I do understand that it's not everybody's cup of tea. I'm okay with cutting Mm -hmm. it, but Undertale is still one of my favorite games that I love to play. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, that's something that I said, too, in the episode is that, like, I didn't like it, but I I can acknowledge and see why it has such staying power and why people do enjoy it. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. I just remember listening to that podcast and being like, it's unfortunate how many of us feel that way here yeah it's just way more than you would like on this sort of podcast so fair enough and then also but i also feel like like it's uh reputation kind of hurts it yeah i agree yeah i mean internet culture can make or break things you know like Mm -hmm. the fan fan bases of certain gaming uh you know gaming franchises and games in general um yeah I, I think Undertale certainly has a kind of cult following that it's like if you say anything bad about Undertale, it's like death to you. Yeah. Um, Go ahead sounds and write like, in those. Yeah, sounds like a really great fan. <laughs> that sounds like at fans. at gmail.com. <laughs> yeah. No, and like, but, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm okay with you mean 12 year olds? Uh, removing <laughs> exactly. it. Now, <laughs> no, it's definitely not 12 year olds. Is it? Yeah, so McCoy uh, also says the observation fans. goes. I think it needs so, to get a shout out, but like. It needs a shout out, but. Honestly, that that story is also just a bunch of like it's kind. Of, uh, I feel like making this parallel is gonna like get me in trouble, but yes. like it's kind of like an Armakalski game where it's just a bunch of what the fuck, where you're like, what, what is happening, what, and then the game ends and you're like, what, <laughs> like, yeah, what is this? Like, I love space. I love uh, thrillers in space. Um, I think it's great, but I, I'm okay with cutting observation as well. Yeah, I think if we've finally come down cool. on the idea of, like, what the fuck is not good enough for us in this Oscar-style category we have here, then, like, you can cut that, you can cut the council, you can I'll be cut... honest, I blacked out for a sec, because I thought when she was talking about space, she was still talking about Undertale, and I was like, wait. <laughs> <laughs> I like, what the fuck? Oh, did I miss a part? <laughs> yeah, you're like, oh, that was the part I would have loved. <laughs> the part where I went to space. Yeah. Because, like, I... like, for me, like, I actually really, really, really enjoyed Observation and its story. Like, I enjoyed the way it tells it to you. I enjoyed how much interactability there is in the just like minute technological systems of the spaceship and i think that tells a story through gameplay too that adds and and like i actually like stories that don't necessarily resolve themselves 100 i i fucking love those stories they remind me of like Mm -hmm. artsy movies i used to watch where i was like i'm gonna have to try to figure this out because it's not just immediately obvious who was good and who was bad and what just happened um 
But I can understand that maybe other people don't feel like that is the type of game they want to nominate here. So mm -hmm. fair enough. All yeah. right. And then I have a question. <laughs> Actually. Um, we haven't finished Cyberpunk oh, 2077. I was going to say the yeah. same it's thing, still Zoe. on this list. Yep. I think it has to be cut because we do not. I, I don't. I yeah. just think it kind of disqualifies itself because we yeah. haven't finished the game. I agree, and I actually think it's because it has the magical quality of not being, not having disappointed us yet. That no, no, you know what I mean. Like this is right. exactly what Mass Effect Two was at the time that it released when it ended. Like, oh my god, I can't wait for the fucking collector base. Like, you know what I mean? That's what this game is in our heads, and maybe it delivers, but we don't know. We don't know so exactly. Yeah. I I definitely but... think it'll be in the running for surprise or disappointment. You know, for you <laughs> whichever know, for way you overall take reception. That. <laughs> yeah. I think on narrative standpoint, given that we haven't finished it, I don't think we can conclude that it is a awesome game with compelling story elements or not. I think the story yeah. so far, from what we've yeah. played so far, has actually been very compelling. Yeah. But we don't know if it pays sure. off. Or yeah. yeah, it could be. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I would just say also, this is a really good yeah, story. I mean, so it's far. awesome. In yeah, my so far, yeah. I am super into it. But like, like really, as good. a narrative experience, it's absolutely. As a, I, there are other ways in which that game fails as an experience, but in, in terms of narrative, <laughs> yeah. I think that's part of the redeeming qualities of that game that's been keeping all of us playing it. And like, it is awkward yeah. to go through menus and note that they're all red. And it's really hard to see what's going on, but it adds a lot to the narrative experience. So, like from this particular <laughs> section, it's pretty strong. In that they're not book, books; right. they're features. Yeah, That's I think they're narrative right. features. Well, I think that would that would hurt it in this category if we were going to consider it, but we're not. Um, okay. I feel like for the sake of the listener, we should potentially just read them this yeah, list agreed. because we're starting to get to a list that I think is going to be incredibly hard to start. We to, have some untouchables on this bad boy. So um, we still on this list, we still have Firewatch. We got to touch them. The Council, because McCoy and I refuse to cut it. Not because <laughs> it's going to make it to the end. Probably not. Mass Effect 2, Return of the Obra Dinn, Hades, What Remains of Edith Finch, The Vanishing of Ethan Carter, Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice, the Last of Us and The Last of Us Part Two. Hell, fucking yeah! Yikes! So I, hey, can I we wanna, start can by we cutting the council because I already cut it on my list. <sighs> well, so we can't cut it because you already cut it, but I am willing to cut it. <laughs> I, I think I think I thought it, we I, I thought we I think had it's already time cut for it, the council honestly. to leave. I think we can all live with that. But, I just want to shout it out that that story is a trip and it's uh, incredibly yeah. fun as an experience. Indeed. Yeah, I want to because uh, of its with the council. I want to cut Hades. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, because, I agree. I, I, mean, I think I love Hades that has game, its due. Yeah. But the story of it at this point doesn't. Right. You know what Hades no, is? Quite hold Hades up. is like Call of Duty, where it's like Hades is the best story you've ever seen within that genre. And it's like not mm -hmm. even close, but it's within that genre. Yeah. Well, I think games. also this year, right? you guys played in the podcast well, a lot of narrative games, and a lot of them turned out to be really good. And I feel like this list that we're left with right now is like a list of narrative games that were excellent. Except well, so for... With, uh, oh, oh. So, <laughs> I love this game dearly, but Return of the Obra Dinn for narrative yeah okay what so i loved say, about so oberdin i totally get it like <laughs> no sorry i just oh, i was gonna say vanishing of ethan carter i feel like we're getting to that point where everyone has oh, their own no game we, have the yeah. case for did, we have to make the case for Oberdin, but this is not a cut case look can we just can yeah, we just acknowledge that this list is going to boil down to us picking last of us or last of us part two <laughs> not necessarily <laughs> not necessarily <laughs> yeah but i want to but i i want to get to those yeah but i i think i think next in like hierarchical thing i think next on the chopping block right now 
in my opinion, is Mass Effect 2 and Return of the Oberdin. Yeah, 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 um, totally. Return of the Oberdin, I love that game. That game just blew me away with how awesome it was. It is one of the few games in my life where I truly wish I could just wipe my memory and experience that game again mm-hmm. new. Uh, yeah. The story, and, and the cool part about the story is the piecing together of it. Yeah. Like, when you actually look at the narrative part, it is just, you know, a series of murders, like grisly murders that are awful. Um, but I think what just really accentuated that narrative was the piecing together of it. And, you know, the, you know, your, your, you yourself as the player are rotating under people to like, look at, is that a stab or is that a slice? I, I don't know. Like, that is the cool part about it. It's like the collective, like, piecing together of what occurred but let here. me ask you this. Could I call that, if I tried to encapsulate the point you just made, could I refer to it as... A narrative experience. I was about to make the exact same point I mean, because I feel like out of that, all that's these, the thing. It, it is it is a narrative experience, but like I, I just like, and, and it's not to knock it for not being one. I think that's what we need to make clear here now with our next couple of cuts. It's not that it doesn't have a great narrative. Um, I just know like Oberdin's story. I think is great to uh, it's it's great to experience but like the other games i experience it in a different way that i think merit those games higher but i feel like that's almost my my point about the oberdin is like the the way that that story is told is so incredible and it's completely different from any of these other narrative games right like though you piece together the story of the oberdin completely on your own with very little hand holding in this bizarre mechanic that at least i've never seen a game play with before um, and it's so cool and it's so effective. And like, Zoe, you just said, like, if there was any game on this list that you wish you could just wipe and redo, it's the Oberdin because that that's, it's such a compelling experience. And I think if you think about games that like keep you coming back because you want to know what happens, like the Oberdin checks that box for me in a big way in terms of like, I always wanted to, I like, I mean, we all, that was supposed to be a two week game that we played in one week because everyone was like, we need to finish this and find out what happens to everybody. Yeah. And keep um, playing it. Just mm-hmm. enjoy it. Like to me, that's a narrative experience, I guess, in a, in a really compelling way. Yeah. It um, is very different from the rest of these games. But I, I, will, I actually, I think I'm ready to cut Vanishing of Ethan Carter oh, before. Yeah. yeah. But, but make your case though. Make your case though. Yeah. Let's but but the, here's the thing, like Vanishing of Ethan Carter... I, I agree. I, I think the game has a couple gimmicky moments in it that seem very cheap. I mean, we all just complained about the bullshit that was the minor puzzle in it, yeah. where it's like, oh, it's a horror game all of a sudden. Sorry, James. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. yeah I, actually, I don't think James even finished that game because he got to the no, minor I... puzzle and he was like, fuck this game. <laughs> yep. I, I just I just want to give it a shout out. Like I do think yeah. it is rather beautiful that it is a game that is essentially like nothing was as it appeared in the game, and in the end, none of what happened in the game actually like actually happened in real life. It was all a part of this boy's imagination. I think that is just really yeah. tragically beautiful. Yeah. Um. But I can totally we 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 had the. You know, we had the discussion in the podcast episode about, you know, is it a good story if nothing ever happened in the first place? And we can all, you know, that's a whole discussion there. But, like, I just want to give it a shout out for that. I, yeah. I thought it was a somewhat a more poignant way of telling that story than I expected it to be. Totally. Mm-hmm. But I'm okay with axing it. Yeah, I, I agree. 
And I think that, like, is as someone who didn't love that game, I think that it, it very obviously to me, like, hangs to this point of the list. Like, it should have made it this far. But I think when you look at the games that are left, it's it can't go further. Yeah. And I, mm-hmm. I also think it's like that game is that's the narrative is inseparable from the game itself because like being stuck on a particular puzzle and then taking too long and then the pacing stalling out like does happen and or at least can happen in that game for first people. And I think it's inseparable, unfortunately, like you can't just take the story out of it because it is not the story was not given to you in a in a script it was given to you in a game form and so so when you look at that it's like i feel like i feel like you said it really beautifully so it's like holy shit was that so much better than i thought it was going to be and then maybe it deserved to be Mm -hmm. like that is so Mm -hmm. cool Mm. however right like it's probably not going further right Mm -hmm. and i think with that goes mass effect too yeah um gabe are you okay with that yeah, I didn't mean I didn't expect it to be the narrative game of the year. Yeah, yeah. All right, goodbye, Mass Effect Two. So what okay, are the games? Jesus Christ, yeah. these yeah. last six games. What are the games that have had a case that, made them? Wait, is that all of the Your Choices Matters games are gone? Yeah, I think we're pretty much left with straight up narrative. Yeah, yes, like walk through nice. story games. I mean, yeah, in the end, your choices like, don't actually, matter. Actually actually written by people with editors nice mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. i think it's important at this point as we eye what i believe is six games left to remember that um in previous years the ways that we've done this is there is a winner and a runner-up so we need to yeah. narrow this list of six incredible narrative games down to a winner and a runner-up yeah I- can we talk about last of us versus last of us two sure oh sure. it's the <laughs> This is going to be like an hour-long debate on it. No, it's, I just want to it make a quick disclosure that I have not played two of the games on this list. The okay. Edith I just want to make a quick Hellblade. disclosure. So Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and I also have not played two of the games on this list. And they're Last of Us and Last of Us Part 2. <laughs> Holy, <laughs> Holy shit, James. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what you're saying is that this year goes to... Return of the Open with runner-up Firewatch because <laughs> yeah. we played them, not because I of reasons. would like to, on a personal level, to celebrate 2020, shout out that I have played every game on this list. Dang. Not personally, but nice. I have watched McCoy play it, and I am proud of that fact. Nice. It's been a good year of gaming for me. Yeah, Hell it absolutely yeah. has been. Let's let's at least, let's, okay, quickly on this list, the, the ones that have not had cases made for them yet, potentially because they're untouchable or whatever, it's time to touch them, as James said. They're <laughs> Firewatch. say it that way, though? It's time to be touched <laughs> by them, <laughs> narratively. Um, so there's, those are Firewatch, What Remains of Edith Finch, Hellblade, and The Last of Us, and Last of Us Part Two. Um, I... I almost don't know where to start with this list, to be honest. Does anyone have an inkling of something that they think is touchable? Because I think for me, I don't know. This is rough. Yeah, I guess I'll start with this. Uh, um, okay, right. So I'm trying to just nail in on how we feel about like academic stories versus not. And it's and during the whole discussion here we've had so far. And and we've we've done that, right? It seems to be somewhat academic. And so from an academic standpoint... Like, you know, The Last of Us Part Two is, is is really, truly incredible. I'm not saying it's the best, but it's really, truly incredible. However, like, I just want to, like, reflect on how much enjoyment we got out of that and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. 
it's hard. I know. No, uh, this is just a, this is just a topic that must be discussed with this game, right? It hurts to play. It hurts to okay. play. Yes, that but I think mean. that's because it's so good. Maybe. Like I think where Zoe was saying that if there's a game you could have your mind wiped and play again, it would be Return of the Oprah Din. I think when we played Last of Us Part Two, essentially all of us were like, we hope to never play this game again because <laughs> it's essential. I think Claire said it really well. Like the replay, the replayability factor of the Last of Us Part Two is essentially zero because mm-hmm. it is a painful, it is a painful experience. It hurts you, but it is also a really special game that I think does things that I have never seen a game do before and made me feel things that a game has never made me feel. Mm-hmm. What are, so I know that last of us part two, ever since it pretty much was announced, but ever since also it came out, especially it's been a hot contention point. Right. So mm-hmm. are there aspects of the storytelling, whether it's the story itself or how the story was conveyed to us that you guys have problems with? Mm-hmm. So okay, I it, you should definitely say that. I would actually say like when I completed that game, I all I all the way up till the end of it, I felt like I had reasons that they should have done X Y Z differently. And then it ended, and I was like, actually, I don't think I stand by what I was saying before. It's not that I like, I just like couldn't see it anymore. I had traveled so much more distance with that game, and I was like, maybe it just needs to be what it is. I don't know. I think it's an interesting point though that like I think The Last of Us Part Two to me was a flawed masterpiece of a game that maybe hits heights that none of these other games hit but when i think about what remains of edith finch and hellblade center was sacrificed i think they might be perfect Ooh. Mm. for me personally no one else has to agree with that and i kind of feel the same way about the first last <laughs> perfect of us. the two games i have not played <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, um, it's, they were maybe incredible games. i might feel that most strongly about what remains of edith finch uh, to me what remains of edith finch is a perfect game yeah. And is essentially untouchable in any way. And I don't feel the same way about Last of Us Part 2. But I don't know if that matters. Hmm. Well, I can see yeah, that. Yeah, I, I, I feel... think, if anything, like part of the Last of Us Part 2 storytelling, and, and the thing is, this falls down to personal preference for, for me. I story-wise Edith Finch and Hellblade probably rank above them but I think it's because I just like more contained stories that are like under eight hours long <laughs> like I don't know <laughs> like it's I, I I like more more story beats Last of Us Part 2 is a slog at times uh with story beats that are really beautiful it, it's like what McCoy said like when it's happening in real time, I'm like, I'm not sure I would have done this or I'm not sure I like this. But then after I finished the game, I thought of it. I'm like, that was amazing. Um, and I love the innovation that Last of Us Part Two did with this story. It was a gutsy story to tell, um, especially just in times when people... I don't know, feel like it's either one side or the other. Like the fact that a game approaches a situation like that and says, no, you are going to play both sides of the story and you are going to, you're, you're going to play through it, whether you like it or not. Like that is gutsy. I think yeah. these days. Yeah. I mean, those are uh, big contention points with people where it's like, you're forced to play a character you might not want to play as. Yeah. And, 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 and the length I would of say the story. 
Totally. And I would say point that at the the podcast that we actually had around this, mm-hmm. where like even like Last of Us, a central like star player, um, Claire, Claire. <laughs> was like just hated playing uh, as Abby at times. Yeah. And like, mm-hmm. and I... I think it's really important, this is my personal opinion, but like it's really important when you look at the controversy around this game to understand that there are people that you've never met and that you don't understand how they think that are mad. And then there are people that you know, like Claire, that struggle with certain parts of this game. And those are entirely different concepts to me. Like to me, okay, it's exciting that there was a lot of upvotes or downvotes on shit on Reddit, but it's not something that I'm going to take really with a grain of salt or i am going to take it with a grain of salt it's something i'm going to take into my own personal space of like how i define this I mean, game yeah a lot of the criticisms were unfounded <laughs> yeah but like maybe they were or they weren't but like to me it wasn't even exciting to like go try to figure out what that person was thinking when they wrote that shit like that's True. that was something that i was like you know i'm gonna to talk to the people that i care about the way they think right and so like even but even people we care about the way we think like had ups and downs uh with this game but not in a way that made them hate it but just in a way that we're like holy shit, this is a lot. And I think that's really the, that to me is the real evidence that this was a, was a gutsy story to tell, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Is, the, is the fact that even people that I respect were like, holy shit, I don't know if I can follow you there. And I think that's part of my point of like why I struggle with this is because while I think The Last of Us Part Two is a deeply flawed game, I think everybody that played it, ha- at least on our podcast, had problems with it, but they were all different problems. At the same time, I, it's, it's so good. It's like the story that it tells and the, the the level of compelling that it is and kind of like the heights that it hits are so good that I kind of don't know what to make of it in terms of this list. So I think this just needs to be said, right? Like, do we see, because we recently made Mass Effect's Battle It Out, right? Mm-hmm. And in many ways, there's sameness to them. There is not really sameness to Last of Us and Last of Us Part Two, and that's kind of part of the controversy is that, boy, you didn't just give me that story again, but I like that story and that one felt good. Um, so that's my case here. But is anyone making a case that like Last of Us and Last of Us Part Two should just battle here and one should survive? So really quick, before we do that. Sure. Gabe, you played both of these games, but you did not rate them on the podcast. Yeah, so I was not there for Mass Effect or well, Mass Effect. I was not there for the Last of Us One We're, podcast. Yeah, um, sure. It that no problem with that. Just what would you rate them? Yeah, so I would probably give Last of Us a gold star and Last of Us Part Two. I want to say between one and two thumbs up. I could go my usual route of 1.5 and just piss McCoy off to the ends of the earth. (laughs) But for the sake of, I guess for them sticking to their guns and telling the story they really wanted to tell and saying basically fuck the haters, I'll give them two thumbs up. Yep. All right. Fun fact, by the way, thank you for bringing up the ratings. Are you, were you going to say like, can you list the ratings that these games got? At least the, uh, the last poster, maybe all of them are So Firewatch. Yep. McCoy gave it a gold star. Yep. Zoe gave it a gold star. I give it two thumbs up. Gabe gave it two thumbs up. Mm-hmm. Return of the Oberdin. Yep. McCoy gave it a gold star. Zoe gave it two thumbs up. I give it a gold star. Gabe gave it two thumbs up. So I they mean, both got two thumbs star. up, two gold stars. Zoe, mm-hmm. do you want to edit that? Change it to a gold star. You can't. <sighs> 
officially, but like spiritually. No, I, I, I think, I think, I think spiritually, I'd give it a gold star. But I have to understand my thought process at the time that I rated it. There was a reason I gave it. And also, gave. we had some mechanical problems with Obradin that I didn't remember until I went back and listened to that podcast recently. Gabe didn't like smoke trails. Yeah, and I, <laughs> yeah. Stand I, by. I think right. that we were right about. Fair some, enough. I, yeah, Gabe, I would stand by yeah. some of the things that we called out about that game um, in terms of like mechanics. Yeah. yeah. So just, sure. just to say those, that's totally legit. However, uh, a game does not have to be literally perfect to be no. a gold star. But, but, Gabe, uh, Jim, could you read, could you read the ratings for what remains of Edith, of Edith Finch? Oh, I forgot. Elena also rated star. Return of the Oberdin and gave it a gold star. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, three gold stars. Yep. Two, two thumbs up. Yep. Um, and then what else is on the list? Edith Finch. What remains of Edith Finch? Of the page. Which got a gold star from McCoy, Zoe, myself, and Elena. So gold stars across the board. Perfect game. Hellblade. Perfect score. <laughs> Hellblade got gold stars from McCoy, Zoe, James, Elena, Raphael, and Claire. So six gold stars. Jesus. Um, Last of Us Part Two got gold stars from McCoy and Zoe, Elena, and Claire. So four gold stars. Yep. And Last of Us. Oh, that was. Well, it's both Last of Us and Last of Us it's Part the Two. Same the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Except, so, James, you did say for Last of Us, quote, well, I didn't play it, end quote. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because yeah, no, I was James is on that podcast just podcasts. to hang out. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that podcast. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So in other words, the learning are some heavy hitters. This is a battle of gold stars. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. really, if you've made it this but far, you we, should play all these games. <laughs> on technicality, do we just off Oberdin and, the, and Firewatch? I do think, having now started to talk about Last of Us Part Two, I think I'm ready to say goodbye to the Oprah Din because I I don't I think it's really good. I think it's one of my favorite games of the year. I don't think it can beat What Remains of Edith Finch, Hellblade, Last of Us, or Last of Us Part Two. Also, like these six games, play all of them. Chef's Kiss, incredible. Yeah, they're they're exactly. all so good. Yep. Like what we're doing right now is wrong. Like no one should. Ever. And this is this, this is, is why, why the TOT game of the year is the best podcast because these are the <laughs> games that are against or, each other, and or just the worst idea we've ever had. Because the problem when you play all these amazing games that span many years is that you don't have to fight them out at the end, and it is like it's just not right. But we're gonna do and it, like, and I think we should. This might be really Din. close to our best game of the year. I I'm okay with axing like, Oberdin. I was already feeling on the fence about it with the rest of the games. Let's talk specific. Oh, yeah. Go, Gabe. I was going to say, I love the experience, but I would personally myself would say I think I enjoyed Firewatch a little bit more than Oberdin, even though I loved both of them dearly. Yeah, Yeah, I think notably we haven't talked about Firewatch at all, which to me says as much as I adore that game and as much as I we have art of that on our walls everywhere, uh, I'm not I don't know if it can beat any of the other ones. I mean, I I definitely would not say that's a good case for why. But so what I would say is that this is best narrative experience specifically. And a lot of what makes the Firewatch experience so moving, so touching is the art and not the story. Um, The story is great, but it's not like peak. You know what I mean? I I think compared to the other stories still on the list. Like forlorn. It's really sad. I, I, I think it's, it's got a good vibe. It's got it's, it's got a very it's got a very good vibe. I mean, it it nails the aesthetic. It's very beautiful. It makes you feel exactly what it wants you to feel. 
and also you guys have a very strong emotional attachment to the game partly because of your experience with it together yeah i would say though i would argue that which isn't wrong firewatch does something similar to last of us part two where it tells a story that it wants to tell and it doesn't really fit in with like the like society's like view of stories or like, well, it should have a happy ending or like it should kind of follow these like cookie cutter, like stepping stones of a, of a good story. Cause like the ending to firewatch is just such like a, a slap in the face to like traditional storytelling and Mm -hmm. potentially even like the, (laughs) I hate using the term, but the gamer, (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> Just because like, you know, you kind of the way it builds it up is like you're kind of expecting a certain outcome. And then the game just okay. dumps the ending on to you and is just like fuck you. <laughs> yeah. And but you're like, like oh but, shit. But like it um it totally takes you for a ride. Like yeah. It's narrative candy in the way that it wraps you up in a conspiracy that doesn't exist and then dumps you off in reality. Like mm-hmm. it just crashes you mm-hmm. down to like what really is. Yeah. And I know and a I lot of like people th- would argue that the, that's like the ending is not good cuz it's not what they wanted. Right. But I think what they did is like perfect. Yeah. For their story. Like honestly, it it to me is like a it's like meta, like a perfect game because mm. what I often find myself and have found myself doing over the course of my life is like getting wrapped up in a game and then eventually coming back to the reality of the homework that's to do or something. Mm. And that's what this game does mm-hmm. like in itself. Like it it says like you, the gamer, wanted to get lost in this world and in this conspiracy, didn't you? And I did. And like, I just think that's just so unbelievably beautiful. Yeah. Um, I actually want to make a compare this is a little bit of a segue here sorry sorry but my stomach's turning because we cut over din i may be okay with it but i actually want to hear why hellblade is not the exact same thing as obra din in the sense that both of them have narrative experiences that are out of control but are there narratives i want to keep hellblade on here for as i am gonna fight tooth and nail for this Mm -hmm. fucking game So why is this not a narrative experience that makes this good? Which is the reason that we gave Oprah Din nice props and then cut it. Well, I just just think compared to everything else on this list, like Oprah Din made it that far. Hellblade, I am absolutely beholden to that game because it is a story about a woman's mental health struggle that is told in so many metaphorical ways that you yourself as a player have to guide yourself through. And I don't know, it just, I I think what just what makes Hellblade so masterful is the fact it was not my experience. It is an experience of somebody who deals with psychosis. And this game took like, led me through this story of this woman's struggle to the point where I was just able to empathize fully and greatly with her at the end. And just my worldview shifted after playing that game where I was just like, holy hell, like this is what people go through on a day-to-day life. Like it had me feel like a whole new appreciation for like life after playing it. 
I like I said, I, I love the metaphors that it has you go through, like, you know, going through the dark, like the darkness puzzles, as much as that's a fuck that part of the game, like the darkness puzzle was amazing. Like the the torch puzzles that you have to do, the demons that are chasing you the entire time, the voices swirling in your head, like, I just think narratively that game just hits all the beats in creating an experience, a narrative experience that I just absolutely hands down like I I love it so much um and just the fact that it's 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 all like you can simplify in that in the end it's just a girl who goes to hell to save her boyfriend like that is the most watered down like awful like awful rendition of that you can but like again it's that it's so simplistic just with that watered down thing like that's all she's doing she's just going to hell to save her boyfriend but that journey throughout hell was fucking masterful and i just loved it and i just ended that game just being like yes i love this game fuck yeah i would say the big difference is that the story is good <laughs> like it's not just the way that claim. you learn it <laughs> yeah not the way you experience it's it. not just the way that you experience the story and learn about it like Open story, story is of good, was but great. It's there is so it's, much it's intrigue good. in that, and so many little like there's but crab dudes that come on, and the gem <laughs> getting stolen, and I I don't know I don't I, I wouldn't sell and that smoke game. Smoke trails short. that I hate. <laughs> okay, that's a mechanical thing, Gabe. We hear you. We acknowledge like, you. I mean, I'm not Which saying the story of Oberdin is bad, but like. The story of Senua's Sacrifice is incredible, actually. See, I don't think the story of Senua's Sacrifice is actually good. However, I think the narrative experience is fucking incredible. Oh, yeah. To me, it's like all of the the ways that they tie together, like the world building and the experience and the audio trailing around your head and the way that you feel like you're experiencing the character's mindset. That stuff to me is incredible. The story is a story. It's good. Um now, I, I yeah. personally but have, like, have been fighting this whole category to be like, I think the reasons that Hellblade are a narrative amazing experience should keep it and maybe win the category. But that, but that's because, so, like, I've been I mean, on the other I, side I mean, of that here is what I'm trying to say. Right. No, I hear you. I think, I mean, I think that the story is actually, like, an argument against my general theory that stories where nothing actually happens are bad. Um, mm-hmm. But... In Hellblade, like, the entire game is, like, you, or or Senua, rather, um, like, hallucinating Um, just everything. It's like a a hallucination of her inner demons that she's fighting, right? Um, And I, I think that the the way that the characters that in her mind tell the story is really interesting and incredible. Yeah. And I just, I I just like, I just, I don't know. I guess I'm just broken on this. I just want everyone to understand. This is a fantastic example of every, the story, like what actually happens in the story. doesn't really matter. It's how you tell it. Yeah. that's And and in this case, holy shit, did they tell it in such a unique and interesting and novel way that hits 
right? It's mm-hmm. not just like, wow, I've never seen this before, which is amazing yeah. by itself in, a, in an industry where I've seen everything before, it seems. But no, not only have I never seen this before, but it also works. Okay, so we have to put Oberdin back on the list. That's what I'm hearing. Oh, I don't know. I don't know if I can, but I think it's really similar to this game here. And I think people are 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 not seeing how much the narrative experience of Oberdin was was joyous and okay like fair enough they're I, not. it's not that we're not seeing it i i mean i completely know where you're coming from but I, like like i said like these last six are gonna be really tough and yeah. i don't think we can compare them apples to apples whether we cut one or keep another honestly so what i want to do is have mccoy duke it out between himself with firewatch versus last of us part one Part one. Ooh. Yeah, just yeah. in my own personal life. Mm-hmm. Um, they both hit really fucking Because yeah. so, both of those, I think you played them like relatively around the same period in your life yeah. with Elena the first mm-hmm. time. The wistful period. Yeah, I, I feel like and McCoy they were like, and I are going to sit here and just like quietly building stare at each other. Your, so, yeah. Your relationship together. So, so what, which well, one is it's better worse. with that it's like yeah. this is like picking your favorite child you guys i mean this is exactly. i really it's do obviously this i really do think we've made a great mistake here in making ourselves do this no, but no, 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 let's no. go let's this go this is the act uh this is the the exercise but yes so uh hmm well okay so firewatch let's just i'll just tell a small story about it so when i got this game i remember sitting there being a gamer, capital G gamer, or maybe a lowercase gamer in this case. I don't know the difference. You've always care. been a capital G gamer. Thanks. Appreciate that. I think that's an insult, but I'm not sure. Oh. Um, <laughs> anyways, <laughs> not important. So the point is that I often like getting caught up in narratives and stories. I, I just do. And so I remember uh, it was a given Saturday and or maybe even a Sunday, actually. I think it was a Sunday. And Keenan, Elena, and I all at that time lived uh, here in this house and... I just wanted someone to play this fucking game with me because I heard it was good and nobody would. And so I started to play this game and it starts with such an incredible intro that I'm already basically crying in the fucking living room (laughs) where my goddamn computer is, Um, which makes a lot of private things difficult, not important, Um, including crying. And so I'm crying in the fucking living room because the story is just so goddamn sad and impactful right at the beginning from purely just text and music. Um, and people have already said they don't want to play this game with me and they've already got things to do. I think Keenan had to go buy boots for work. You know what I mean? And it's a Sunday, bro. He's got work the next thing. You know, this is important. But he saw what was happening to me and he noticed that it was different. And so he sat down and we started to play it together and we restarted it actually at that time. Um, and then he did not get up until we beat the game. Do you understand? He could not get up until we beat the game and it is a short contained game and as a result it is just absolutely delightful and interesting start to finish and elena saw the two of us sitting there and thought to herself well wait a minute hold on i should also experience and then she did not get up i think the way i remember i think i came home and was like oh shit there's stuff in ha- there's, you know there's, there's things something happening here and i think we even restarted for you again or mm-hmm. maybe we only restarted once but the point is we restarted and everyone played it and we just played it from start to finish and everyone said fuck what they were going to do that day and it was absolutely the right choice looking back on it there's literally zero reason to have been doing anything else it was fucking incredible um and it just had this magnetic quality in the house like people could not get out of the living room without sitting down and never getting up and i just think like that's because and I won't claim to know why it spoke to you or why it spoke to Keenan, but it spoke to all of us. 
and it was just so human and so personal. Uh, and then, of course, when it dumped us all out and we looked at each other, and it was just like this moment of like, whoa. And we looked around our house, you know, and they looked around at all the responsibilities and like we, you know, slowly came to, I guess. But this game was just absolutely entrancing. So, okay. Then Last of Us, the original, at least for me, that one, hmm, that one was one of the ones where I always like to follow the review industry I have since I was very, very young. I was like listening to fucking podcasts when I was like 10 or some shit. They were like from IGN or whatever. And uh, the review industry lost its fucking mind at this game like when it so like you know you hear a game it's really hyped and then it comes out and there's a a splash in the review industry right the internet has its opinion or whatever but it's not the internet you see these are like reviewers i think that's very different and they act very differently and they have different opinions and some of them like certain things and they don't like other things and this just came with the most universal praise i've ever heard a game like essentially like for the past five years before it like we had been waiting five years since a game hit this hard and so I was just like, Elena, we got to play this game. So we bought it. And she's like, well, I don't know if I'm really interested in this game. And I'm like, I'm not honestly interested in whether you are interested or not. Like, this is a special thing. We have to experience it. And so we did. And it was fucking, I mean, just amazing from start to finish. Mm-hmm. I mean, literally amazing. And it defined a level of what games had to try to reach. Like, for so long. Like, this... You don't, you don't agree with that? No, no, I do. I do. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. And I I think that's kind of what Last of Us Part 2 does. Also, although, like, listen, I don't know if people are, people are not going to reach Last of Us Part 2 in their games. I'm sorry, people. They're not, like, mostly. And people didn't really reach The Last of Us mostly. And they're not going to reach Firewatch mostly. Yeah, right. That's the fucking list. But yeah, I don't know. Like, do you want to make a better case for Last of Us 1 other than it just literally was that game that you just looked at and you'd be like, boy, all the games should be like this. That would be a great world to live in. No, I'm having a discussion in my head right now trying to remember that this is not best game yet. Mm-hmm. This is best narrative. Mm-hmm. Because, okay, I think if we're being honest with ourselves, this list of games is probably also going to be near the top of best game of the year. And I think that in some way we have to try and separate ourselves from best game and best narrative. I don't know how to do that yet. Um, I think that the story of Last of Us is, I would say, almost flawless in my mind. I don't know. All of these are so good. I don't know what to do here. Does anybody... I feel like we've tried to cut games and we haven't been able to. Does anybody look at this Didn't list? Did we uncut a game? Yeah, I think Oberdin is maybe all we've back done on. in the last twenty minutes. I don't know if we officially uncut. We didn't it. officially do it, no, but we I talked about it. Did. But I'm wondering, does anyone look at this list and see a winner? Like yeah. maybe we go about it the opposite way. Does wow. anyone look at this and go, "This is the game that I think should win," and if no one can take that game down, then we've started. Perhaps I'm a little biased because I haven't played two fifths of the game on this list. <laughs> but, but I could narrow it down to two. <laughs> okay, like what? <laughs> I would narrow it down to Firewatch and Last of Us 1. Okay. Okay. Okay, I disagree with that. Anybody else? You disagree with that? With- I mean, I also haven't played two of the games on this list, so I would I would cut Last of Us and Last of Us Part 2. All right, calm denominators, Firewatch. Congratulations. Yeah, I know. <laughs> But no one's willing to cut what remains of Edith Finch, and no one's willing to cut Hellblade so far. I mean, honestly, so the thing is, Hellblade is. I my liked Edith Finch better for, than Firewatch. Is it Edith Finch is my winner? McCoy, what's your winner? Do we all have different winners? Are we willing to cut Firewatch here? That's what I'm hearing. <sighs> I think we might have to, because I I love the story of Firewatch. I completely agree with you that I think it's a really it's a it's a tight 
it's not that long of a game. It's a pretty tight package. Like, I think every beat in that story hits. I think it takes you on this beautiful ride where you, like, I for a while in that story, you really think there's some, like, giant conspiracy going on. And, like, there's just crazy shit happening out in the woods. And then it becomes this really simple, beautiful story that is not at all what you thought it was going to be. And I, I love Gabe's point about, like, it, it entrances you into this kind of, like, mystical, magical world of conspiracies. And it's like, it's going to be a beautiful ending. Like, look at this wonderful... I mean, it's a romance, but it's, like, I mean romantic in, like, the other sense of the word, not, like, lovey-dovey romance, but just, like, sort of romantic. It's unrequited love. Yeah, but, and then it just, it just, it just kind of dumps you out into reality, and I think it does that so well. But at the same time, I don't know if I'm willing to get, I don't know. What if I did this? Uh What if I cut Last of Us Part 2 and Last of Us Part 1? So Ooh, I was going to plan Spicy. on cutting I was going to cut Last of Us part 1. Oh. I don't well, want to be part of this podcast. But, but, but here's, <laughs> yeah. here's, the, yeah. here's the thing here's the thing you also need to understand about this. Like Last of Us part 1 set the stepping stones that have made almost the rest of these games what they are. Well, Last I of Us think... walked so that the rest of the games could run. <laughs> well, but I'm, I'm saying, like, Last of Us was a trailblazer in story moments where people were like, wow, the emotional aspect of games can really captivate an audience. And, like, we shouldn't be afraid to shy away from, like, the nitty gritty. Ooh, yeah. it's... Can I do my own almost... best narrative experiences <laughs> I haven't played two of what mm-hmm. potentially might be the best yeah. ones for all of you. Yeah. Um, I'll just say, I think for me, it's a very close match, but I think for me, it's going to be last of us. Cause I think that was just such a powerful journey and experience to partake in. Like so much so that like McCoy just really hammered at home was like, dude, you got to play this here. Take, take my PS4, take my yeah. copy of last of us. You have to play this. And I did, and he was 100% correct, so. And I, you know, Last of Us Part Two is great. I think it's a great game, great story to tell. But something about the first one just, like, hits hits a little more for me. Yeah. So that's going to be my uh, yeah. my favorite. Yeah, and then runner-up would be Firewatch. That's a very close second, but I think Last of Us just gets a little bit more. Actually, yeah, so, like, I'm I'm trying to think. I think, actually, Last of Us Part 2... Like, the thing is, Last of Us Part 2 also came in with the expectation that it would meet Last of Us's hype. Mm-hmm. Which is... It was huge. It was huge expectation to begin with. And the fact that I believe that they knocked it out of the ballpark is a fucking... It, it's It's amazing, honestly, that they were able to do that. Uh, despite its hype, and uh, yes, people will. Other people will argue that, but to me personally, they knocked it out of the park. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just. Is that also a counter case for Last of Us, the original though? Like, <laughs> like isn't it like like, l- like that? That's the thing. It's just like they both complement each other so well. It's kind of just like never one without the other for Last of Us and Last of Us Part Two for me. Mm-hmm. And like, uh, because of. Th- but then I look at stuff like Edith Finch, and I'm like, uh, ah. Yeah. 
Okay, wait. I feel incredibly strongly that Edith Finch wins this category, but I have not heard the support for that. And so maybe we need to have, maybe that's what we need to be talking about. Like, I think that What Remains of Edith Finch is potentially a, I think it may be the best game I've ever played. I think the narrative in that game is, I think it's incredible. Um, I think that the way that it's told in all these like beautiful, bizarre little vignettes that all have their own like a very distinctive feeling and very distinctive gameplay and um, so perfectly encapsulate that character and that moment. Um, but they all tie together in a beautiful way. And I, I don't know, that game to me would be my winner, but I don't know if I've heard anybody else put it up there for their, their own personal lists. Does anyone else have a, oh, a feeling? I, I'm, I'm kind of on board with Edith Finch for winning Best Narrative Experience. Um, like, I think that in the overall games, like the, the whole package situation, I think that Hellblade might win it out, but in terms of purely like, I mean, the problem with all these games is that they, they are quintessentially narrative experiences, yeah. mm-hmm. but, yeah. but like, I mean, just it is a fact that Hellblade has gameplay and Edith Finch does not. So, right. like mm-hmm. as a video game, like which Hellblade, is, yeah, edges which is it why out. I'm trying to but, think of Hellblade as just its story. Um, in which case, I I do I kind of agree with McCoy that like Hellblade is an amazing experience, but as it's I I don't know that I was as compelled by its story as I was by its gameplay and like right. what it the experience that it gives you through the gameplay that it. Well, I don't know. But you know what I mean? Like, what's so special to me about Hellblade is the way that they, that you walk through that game they and the way that they incorporate everything and, like, kind of, like, the perfect yeah. package that it becomes. But the story itself, well, it depends on how you view the story. I think if you view the story as being, like, this woman's journey to hell to return her, to get her boyfriend back, whatever she's doing with that head... But if you view it as being like her personal journey through psychosis, it may be is an incredibly compelling story. I don't know. It's I mean, well, so it seems like both Edith Finch and Hellblade are very similar in the fact that their narrative experience like just explodes past the like barriers of just being narrative. Mm-hmm. Like if you think of Last of Us, yeah. like the narrative is incredible. And then there's a game that's also incredible too. And they fit well, but it's not like the narrative explodes out through the shooting mechanics really um it does a little bit with the way that they help people up on walls and how powerful they use that okay it does like these are incredible games for sure um but like edith finch does have gameplay and chopping the fish does actually impact the narrative like i mean that that, that's the story beat that that gets me with it yeah it's that i think that one vignette may be the best thing that we've ever played yeah and i would also motion Mm. that that house in general just looking at it and looking at what it represents in the story it's just like unfucking believable but just every moment in that i mean because again that that game i think does something really impressive too and that it doesn't hit one note like, that game has a really amazing section where you play as, like, an eight-year-old girl in her imagination. And then it has an equally amazing section where you play as a 20-something-year-old, like, depressed man living in his fantasy as he chops fa- Like, the the amount of different things. And it blows things, both of them out of the Both park, of them yeah. are out of the wall. Exactly. Like, the amount of different yeah. narrative 
stories that it tells within one incredible narrative package like really gets me about that game and the writing is incredible in it like all of the notes are written beautifully and all of the the actual like little vin- I don't know vignettes and scenes are written beautifully um I don't know I just think that game accomplishes you know what? Fuck so it. much I think you've convinced me well I win no, like I, I don't. Because <laughs> no, 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 the I'm, first I'm, time Elena's won something. I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm, th- I'm thinking back to that story, and I'm just thinking as an over overarching narrative. That game was just such a pleasure to, to walk through. Yeah, it, it's just like it was just like you were walking through a storybook, like you were going through a literal narrative book, chapter to chapter. And yet each chapter was just as compelling as the last one. And it's over some very dark shit. <laughs> like you yeah. think about it after a while and they're all just stories about death. But it's done in such a creative and effective manner where you don't quite feel like. I don't feel as depressed after Edith Finch as I did after like Hellblade or Last of Us Part 2. Where those are just like experiences where I'm like I that was that was tough for me. Yeah. Um, and it was so simple. And the concept of it was so creative. Um, yeah. I mean. Such a detailed world. Every fucking object in the whole world tells a story. All the way down to the Chinese yeah, uh, takeout all... that's on the kitchen. And the dishes that weren't done. And, and the what books. Is that game? And it's the like, doors. And the... It's like six hours. Tacoma. Oh, yeah. Wait, no, sorry. No, go ahead. No. Yeah, it's 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 a 6-hour game, but I I was saying like it's it's like Tacoma just in the sense that the the story is even further uh be- made believable by its surrounding environment just in the sense that like I don't know, like you see in Barbara's story that someone crashes through a stair railing and then if you yourself as the player walk out into the hallway, you see like a tacked up replacement banister to kind of like in she never draws attention to it but it's just that little bit of just like see i don't know it's just that little bit of flavor that they add to that to be like oh yes this was where the guy crashed over the balcony like right here um and i just remember going through that world and just having a sense of wonder it's so linear but yet it just felt so fleshed out up on its linear path yeah and i i don't like necessarily think this has to be like a point about it but it's just like you know there was not a single moment in that game where i would have ever done anything differently yeah. ever mm-hmm. not a Does single it, inch think, of the entire world i think it's like perfect i really do no i mean i i would agree with you like there i don't know any part in that that i would be like no do this again or that didn't feel right or that didn't seem true to this character or whatever right like the one thing i can think of is that like the 12 year old was too good of an artist (laughs) but then that was like kind of the like story of the mythos of the family Mm -hmm. right there was this artistic gene in there oh my god that's a good point i forgot about that and, th- and we and also that- had like a three-hour podcast yeah. on this fucking game. I mean, the yeah. podcast just was like, to talk as long as the it. game yeah. itself. Yeah, as long as the game, yeah, yeah. basically. It yeah, was yeah. because it was just, and I think that that game is it's like the quintessential 
like more than almost any other game maybe firewatch but it is it is a near it's a very pure narrative game like i feel like this is where it shines because that's what it is like it's Mm -hmm. a game that tells you a story and does almost nothing else but it does it so incredibly well yeah 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 right this to me is like this to me is like the more standard story almost maybe last of us is like the most standard of all of them but that's like a standard story but like it's it's the it's perfect that so that at that point you're literally sitting there and a lot of these games maybe can fall into perfect even though they're not quite but then it's it's at some point it almost is like which one did you like more you know what i mean like there's Mm -hmm. almost like that element of it too because you just look at it and go like well technically it's flawless however i like zombies you know like it's like a reasonable place that we might get to here um but yeah like okay so wait so so did you convince yourself or did we convince you or did others convince you that maybe that one is i i i like just thinking back on that experience now like i i really think that that game deserves it number one you think if i write that here in the google doc no 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 no, no. we need to at least circle the group more time but I, I, I think I think it deserves best narrative experience out of all of these. Okay. I agree. Okay. Sorry, Gabe. Um. That's that's the one that I was <laughs> honestly like thinking going into this category. I was like, it's got to be Edith Finch. Yeah. Myself. Yeah. <laughs> I okay. I'm okay with it. Best narrative as Do well. You are you? Can you live with this? Yeah, definitely. Oh, I I can. Yeah, I can live with it. Because we still have to figure out runner-up, which may be actually more difficult. Can we just say like the rest of them are just runner-ups? Because Jesus Christ, I, don't I mean, think realistically, I can do, like, there are <laughs> there are no rules here. If um, you haven't played these games yet, what's wrong with you? Okay, Hashtag so I haven't okay. played two of these games yet. So 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 <laughs> same here, okay, buddy. <laughs> if we're gonna cop out like that on runners-up, which I'm not convinced that we will, but I'm not convinced that we won't. Mm-hmm. I'm adding Oberdin back on that list, and then we'll make it a runners-up because I you can't if we're gonna if we're gonna sit there and yeah. go like, well, these are the games that have amazing narrative experiences, and we're gonna like not even try to cut them down. Then okay. at least include that one right if anything this list has made me really want to go play remains of edith finch it's um so worth it but uh, i feel like we should make an argument and i know we've been talking about this category forever and it's really difficult but i think there's an argument that we should not cop up on cop out on runner-up but like this is something we need to go through that it is integral to the um the, um, the, ex- the process. The process. Yeah. We, we need to respect ourselves and our listeners enough. Like, if we say, like, we can't just cop out of all these. Can we just put the Last of Us series as a runner-up? No. no. Because they're just <laughs> I can't, different. I can't. Never one without the other. I can't do yeah. that. Then it, then it's then it's out of runner-up, because I can't choose. So we cut them I did, Zoe. Oh, wow. Oh, we can't well. cop them both. <laughs> yeah. I, I almost feel like I'm not maybe smart enough for the last of us part two yet and that's why i actually disagree <laughs> with people who say it has no replay value because i will play it again in time in like 10 years when you've emotionally recovered from the first It'll time probably through. but realistically like how much how long has it been since we played it last time like four months five months six months i don't know yeah no but like so okay so if i'm charging another thousand course, hours of valorant and then yeah exactly exactly <laughs> just to dull your emotional experience no, like yeah. i would do it in within i would do it within the year i think within eight well, actually, years actually here now. we go here we go ready okay so here's She's my water up my runner-up is going to be Firewatch. Ooh. <laughs> okay. Because 
I, we, we talked about it before. I like at this point, we're kind of like going to start reiterating points. So I don't want to dwell too much on it, but it's just, it is what, what I really love about Firewatch's ending is just how human it is, how you can have mm -hmm. all like how, have a story built up in your mind and it may never like it may never pay off in the end but yeah. that's just life that is a very human story yeah. and honestly i think back on it and firewatch just applies to like i don't know like whenever i like have similar moments to that in life i think to myself oh that's a firewatch moment and that's like fucking yeah. like yeah. i don't know that's influential <laughs> and i just I remember playing that game for the first time and at the end feeling like this was how it was always meant to be and this game told it beautifully. I remember sitting back and thinking that. And then I went online and everyone's like, this game sucks. I can't believe they never showed Delilah's face. Like, fuck. And I'm just like, no, I want to see her boobs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> how can I draw fan fiction about this if... Yeah, I can't see it. And, and I mean, the thing is also, like, it's... Yeah. Like, I, I don't want to bring this element into it, because if we bring this into it... But, like, I think also just the way in which it tells its stories without it ever showing a character face or expression, uh, it's all just done through voice. Mm -hmm. um, like, I, I hear Delilah over the walkie-talkie, and... I just instantly fell in love with her. I was like, you are a character. I adore you. Mm. And like, it's hard for me also, and this is just a personal experience, but like as, as a female playing a game with a male character, sometimes it's hard for me to connect sometimes with a male character all the way. But they wrote Henry in such a way that I was able to like embody Henry and feel like this was my experience that Henry is sharing with me, like, or that I'm sharing with Henry. Like, it never felt like, oh, I need to bring Henry over to this tree. It was, oh, yes, we, Henry, we need to go over to this tree. Like, I think that is just brilliant in yeah. the writing and how it's told. Yeah. Um, mm. And so, therefore, I think it needs to be runner-up. <laughs> yeah, I can see it. I, I feel like Firewatch and Edith Finch are the same concept mm -hmm. of like a really incredibly tight experience that just has nothing extra. Uh, then that And that's okay. And that's good. That's the positive. And I was in my mind before you said this, I was thinking like, so maybe we cut Firewatch because we already put one on the list, but that's so a disservice to what Firewatch is. Mm -hmm. Like these are both maybe perfect narrative games. And, and just because, see, here's the thing. I literally don't want to name another game on this list out loud to to anger its demon. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't so, want to say the name the, of any of these other games and say, and that's why this one doesn't because then, but all right. The one okay. thing that's keeping me from saying Hellblade needs to be the next, the, the runner up, um, because like the narrative experience in that is just so incredible is that actually the gameplay gets in the way of the narrative sometimes in Hellblade. Um, with like having to go through your like fifth fire gate in a row and you're like, all right, enough of this, please. <laughs> um, yeah, sure. That's how I felt at, at certain points in that game where I was like, I feel like 
they built too many like little map things and they just needed to use them all to pad out the hours in the game and there was like no story happening and I just needed to get to the next bit of story because it was so incredible it's just the way it was building up but um Firewatch I never felt that way I never felt like uh there was anything in the way of getting to the incredible story like you might I have think felt... there's also an important element to this, just in that Firewatch and Edith Finch, you can't die mm. in those games. I do think there That's is a true. level of mortality that might be <laughs> like I, I I think I think it goes to show like I think I think it needs to be said. Like sure. I think part of what makes Edith Finch and Firewatch such a joy narratively is because every pace of that story is done like what we consider perfect and that's because the game never allows us to like die ever like yeah. you yeah. don't get the just disjointed narrative with oh well henry happened to just fall down this cliff <laughs> and then you know like yeah <laughs> or i don't know like edith missed the missed the roof and she fell down but like yeah like i think there also is just a level I, I, I feel like that's another reason why we find these to be master storytelling pieces is just because there is that level of immortality of your character. I just, I struggle. Okay, I love Firewatch and I'm not mad if it was running around, but can like, can we live with ourselves if this is the year that we play The Last of Us games and neither of them make but it? But I want to put it as a series. <laughs> you can't do that. No, 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 no. So you're running away from the challenge? Is that why we're abandoning Last of Us? No, no, because I, I, I'm okay never with... one without the other. That's what I like. I genuinely believe that. I, like I, know, I would I never. I kind of want. Never would tell someone Last of just Us Part play Last Two of Us. to be the best runner-up narrative experience to trigger the gamers. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Reasonable. But I also there's something you said there. Like Last of Us Part Two hits. I mean, like, there is some gameplay nonsense in that game. There are some issues with the pacing, I think. But, like, the, the end of that game hits so incredibly yeah. hard. Like, the way yeah. that they manage to drag you through that and compel you to play it to the end. And the ending is so... Back. It's not good. It's devastating. It is a devastating ending to a video game in a way I've never felt before. It we McQueen and I sat there in stunned silence for, like the full Thanks credits for I didn't cry. like yes. an hour yeah. i it i i have a hard time leaving that off a list of best narrative experiences because that game hit heights that i've never seen a game hit it, i did I, it does things that i didn't think games were able to i don't know totally, totally. it's like a new echelon of games it couldn't have had that effect without the establishment of the first one it's i agree also my, I mean, my I argument like which is why i want to put it as a series because it needs the building blocks of the first to really have the second payoff. Okay, so is the full cop out here runners up Firewatch <laughs> and the Last of Us series? Oh my god. I would put Last of Us series over Firewatch. I just didn't say Last of Us as a runner up because I I need didn't to put it as deal a series. With having to I need to put it as a series. I cannot put it can't. one over the other. But you totally can't because these are wildly distinct, I think. I, but never one without the other. Never one without the other exists can't. now. But that only existed in six for the last for six months. Before that, there was The Last of Us and the world. 
Like, which I think The Last of Us might win this category. If The Last of Us Two wasn't there, I think The Last of Us might win. But without The Last of Us Two's there, I don't know if you can discount the emotional experience that The Last of Us Two hits. But I agree with Zoe that you don't have that experience without already being incredibly invested in some of the characters in that game and the sure. story of that game because sure. you played Last of Us, the first one. Yeah, for me, I'm really struggling with Last of Us Part 2, even though I loved it so much and clearly gold starred the hell out of it, just because I think I'm having like a light, like almost trauma response to it. Like, I don't remember it very well at times because I've tried actively to not think about it anymore. But that's what I'm saying. Like, that's a game that made you trauma. It, that gave you it traumatized you yeah that's a game that but like through, okay like but like if you, you said it's that, narrative storytelling yeah traumatized you but like is that but is good? that a good narrative experience or I is that a it, traumatic narrative experience i think it might be good good but it's definitely impressive. trauma is good no please don't at me you're saying but... that it's impressive that they were capable of having a so, uh, game yes. that you're so attached to that that they when they rip it away from you and it hurts really bad it hurts really bad i get it oh but it hurts really bad um also like i don't know i i think like i i think you can't do series here i think personally because i remember us saying this last of us part two didn't need to be made and now we're here saying that it does need to be made and that's only because i don't think it needed to be made but it was made and i can't take it back and it 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 gets somewhere. Yeah. So mm -hmm. Gabe put Last of Us Part mm -hmm. 1 as his best narrative experience. Mm -hmm. Zoe can't decide between the two. McCoy was traumatized by Last <laughs> of Us Part 2. And Elena likes that McCoy was traumatized by Last of Us Part <laughs> 2. You. That's, not, that's not the point that I was making. Reasonable. And so I think Last of Us Part 1 wins. James, the one who is clear-headed because he hasn't played these games. Yeah. I think it wins. Can Last of Us Part 2 win next year? Because like, I just <laughs> none of these games, like, all of these games, par was set by Last of Us Part 1, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying any of these, like, failed par, but... Like, there is value to being incredible and also first, you know? Yeah. And like I in other words, how do we value time there? Because, because, because yeah. this needs to be said, playing The Last of Us 1 and Part 2 in this year, like, it was very clear that The Last of Us 1 came a long time ago. But I also think it's very clear that it, the story holds up. That mm. like the emotional moments and the characters in that story hold up, and I think did if you picked up The Last of Us and played it for the first time this year, which Gabe is that what you did? No, you played it back in Wait, the day. Wait, sorry, what? No, did you play Last of Us this ago. year or back in the day? Uh, no, I played Last of Us one. I don't remember when exactly, but yeah, it was back in the day because I okay. borrowed um one of your guys's PS4s, and then once I finally got my own PS4, uh. Then you guys gave me two. Yeah. So I played that this year, but... Um. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on, guys. I, I'm whining super hard and I'm softening a bit. Okay. Maybe we do do... As T.O.T.'s follow-up narrative game of this year, it is The Last of Us series. Ooh. Maybe we do do that. that oh, that's a coward's yeah. approach. It feels like maybe a coward's approach, <laughs> but I'm seeing I'm it saying. from the perspective of, like, this is our recommendation. If Zoe feels incredibly strongly that they can't be separated... Mm -hmm. And that you, we as this podcast believe that you must play both games 
whether you like it or not, because holy shit, that's where the journey goes. Ugh. I mean, I'd argue though that like it's kind of like the the inverse of like the Mass Effect series, where they were all telling largely the same story. Whereas the stories for one and two of Last of Us are very different. Exactly. Yeah, very different. Oh, and we definitely. I wouldn't like. I mean, I guess because we, we kind of did Mass Effect dirty, right? We cut it up game by game, and mm -hmm. then I bet mean, it wasn't going to make it farther. But still. I mean, that's totally fine. That's like I think what you should do. Yeah. I just think that you should then do the same to Last of Us because it arguably it makes even more sense for the two Last of Us games because they are so different. Yeah, they are so different. Holy shit. In that case, I'm kind of maybe by James's argument that The Last of Us, the original, has to be the one that comes out on top because without it, I don't know. None of us played The Last of Us Part Two just cold. Like, I don't know what would happen if you, you attempted to play, play that cold. game. Yeah. I, I'm sure I someone could. out there has tried it. <laughs> Do it, James. <laughs> that's not even cold. That's like with the absence of temperature at all for the previous. But yeah. And I do feel very strongly in saying to the people out there you like this is a classic example where don't listen to people if they tell you not to play that game but also listen but heed all of our warnings about how much it's going to hurt though like just just hmm. like don't let controversy stop you from playing that that is something that you will just never get any other way any like this is it's in many ways what we came here for, but I, I feel that about every game on this list. Every game on this list is what we came here as this gamers This is a really good list. For All right, me, fuck I just it. vibe best with narrative. One more, so. <laughs> I was going to say, let's just, best narrative, Edith Finch, runner-up, Last of Us. Let's just get out of here. Ugh. If I type that in, are people okay with it? I just want to do follow-up The Last of Us but this isn't to say that The Last of Us Part Two sucked, capital G gamers. It's an amazing experience, and it needs to be shared. I mean, in previous years, we have done multiple runners-up. We have done two. I, I always thought it was two runners-up. Uh, we can do two runners-up. So we could do, which then is a whole conversation, is it The Last of Us and Last of Us Part Two? Is it The Last of Us and Firewatch? Rough stuff. I, I don't. I, I would say one and two. If it, if there's two runners up, I would do Last of Us and Last of Us Part Two. I actually feel really confident in that as well. Okay. Yeah, because like, that's just like that's super fair. I feel confident in not sh n uh, not being sure if that's true because I haven't played those. Games, <laughs> <but>. <laughs> Yo, let's get out of here. We fucking did it, you guys. Holy All right, oh. there we um, go. Listeners, All if right. you're just like, is every category going to be like this? No, the next ones are going to be much faster. We yeah. always start with best narrative because it's just brutal. It's, brutal. it's just brutal. It's exactly. Brutal. This is what it's we come like here to what... do. Yeah. All right. But yeah. There we yeah. go. So coming coming right up, we're gonna hear from uh, James for his own personal award, and then we'll probably hit some some of these more uh, smaller, quicker categories. So more fun, more happy. Have oh. some have some fun. Go take a break. Get a drink of water. But we'll <laughs> we'll figure this out. But all right. Yeah. Uh, until next time. We'll see you on the next part. Bye. Stop. I can't cut until you stop the scene. <laughs> <laughs>